Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Oh, um, let's just agree real quick together in prayer for utterance. Father, I thank you that I, you know, you've heard our prayer already from today, which I prayed for utterance, but we come together in agreement over your word. Lord, we ask you for just the right words, the right way to say it, all of that, Lord, that the truth will be spoken in love. Lord, as always, with the touch of your spirit, we know that as we look to your word, Father God, we know that it transforms the way we think. And we literally, we believe literally, literally, Holy Spirit, that while we read these words, faith will be imparted into our hearts, grace will be revealed to our uh, minds concerning knowledge about who we are in Christ, and that we will see and have empowerment, uh, uh, understanding to cooperate with empowerment of the Holy Spirit within us to walk out a greater level of maturity in Christ than we have before. And we believe you for this. We lay hold of this with our faith. And Lord, we will be doers of your word and not hearers only, being sure to give you the glory for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Okay, so Philippians chapter 1, verse 1, Paul says this. It says, Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints who are in Christ Jesus, who are in Philippi, with the bishops and the deacons. We saw this, that the word bondservants is somebody who actually gives up their will for the will of another. That's what that actually means. A bondservant is somebody who gives up their will for the will of another. That's what that, that means. And so these are bond servants of Jesus Christ. So what do we know about that statement? We know that this is not just your run-of-the-mill convert. Right? This is somebody who's given up their life for the sake of Jesus Christ because they recognize from the presentation of the gospel that was given to them that Jesus Christ gave up his whole life for them. How many know the proper response to someone giving up their life for you is to what? Give up yours for them, right? Okay? Especially since the trade off was definitely better for us than it was for Jesus, <laughs> okay? We were not given Jesus warm and fuzzies, were we? Okay, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse three, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making, making requests for you all with joy. Notice it's not with grumbling that he's praying. You know, sometimes we do that. Oh God, help that brother. You know, grumble, grumble, grumble. No, we can't do that. We make the request with what? Joy. <clears throat> now, if you need to intercede with tears, that's one thing. But don't complain at God about your brothers and sisters in Christ because they're, you know, the Lord knows your stuff too. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> okay? So be aware. That, so he makes requests with joy. All right? And then for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. So he goes into how they were born again and how they've grown together in the Lord uh, under the ministry of Paul. Being confident of this very thing that he, he is who? He is Jesus who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Who completes the work? Jesus does. Who began the work? So you didn't begin the work, so you won't finish the work. Now what you will do is work out your salvation with fear and trembling, but you won't be able to, you, you do that by faith in grace. 
You don't do it by earning. You don't need to earn power. You need to understand power that you've been given and walk in it by faith. Amen? You don't need to earn uh, righteousness. You need to understand you're righteous and then walk in it by faith. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Make no provision for the flesh, right? So our God, and we need, to, we need to say this together, and you at home can say it with us as well. Say this with me. Say, he who began a good work in me will complete it. Now, that's a nice statement. He didn't say, I hope he'll complete it. He said, see, Jesus is confident. Jesus knows who he is. He just needs you to see who you are. Amen? That's the only thing he's really fighting with is that we see who we are in him. He, in other words, what, what the Holy Spirit is saying through the Apostle Paul here is, is that Jesus has no doubt in his ability to bring you to completion. Do you have doubt in his ability to bring you to completion? Woo, that was fun, wasn't it? I like that one. See, that's new to me too. I've never said that like that before. So I have to put, so by faith, I say, yes, Lord, you're going to bring me to completion. Now, see, that's contradictory to a lot of religious teaching, right? Because a lot of religious teaching is what? It's you better look at all your mistakes. Now, here's the thing. Should we recognize mistakes? Yeah. Well, how else are you going to repent? Well, I don't have anything to repent for. I'm perfect. <laughs> okay, don't ask your spouse because they'll tell you the truth. <laughs> You're going to live in la-la land. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, you have things that you need to repent for, of course. But you need to believe in God's ability more and his grace more than you do the things you miss it in. Okay, you need to be confident. No, I'm going to be stronger this time next year. Let me, uh, how many have read this phrase that Paul actually makes more than once in the New Testament? It's Paul that makes it. He said, I, I, want to fe- I wanted to feed you meat, but I couldn't. Why? Because you're still in need of what? Milk, Right? What does that tell me? Paul understood that over the span of time from when he fed them the first time, they should have grown to the place of meat. See, we have this uh, religious idea that spiritual growth is untrackable. Listen to me. I'm going to say this. Listen to me carefully. Spiritual growth is no more untrackable and, un, and unrecognizable than natural growth. Well, that's challenging, isn't it? In other words, Paul said, you should, you should be at the point now where I should be able to teach you meat. But we're still dealing with this milk stuff. So what does that tell me? That tells me I should be able to see that I'm growing. Let me ask you a question. How many have had kids? Okay. Do they know when they're growing? Oh, yeah, they do. 
You ever have your kids walk up to you, especially the older they get? Now, when they're real little, of course you understand that, okay, when they're first born. But after a while, do kids recognize growth? Do they recognize if somebody else is not growing and they are? Do they come up to you like mine, my kids, and go, look at my pants, Dad? (laughs) See, as Christians, we should be able to walk up to the Lord and go, Lord, I need longer pants. Yeah, you've been growing. Yeah, growing spiritually, right? Why? He who began a good work in us will what? Complete it. What do we do? We grow. We're growers. That's what we do. And we can recognize it. We can develop. We can go, Jesus, did you see that? And he'll go, yeah, that's just what I would have done. He said, good job. You're growing. Because you're developing spiritually. What else do uh, immature, even though they're recognizing growth, but they're still immature, what else do kids do? They point out how others aren't growing. See, that's not spiritual growth, (laughs) okay? That's not what we want, right? When you're growing and you're growing in maturity and you're growing in love and you're growing, you're allowing the Lord to deal with others, but you just keep focusing on what you're doing and you just keep developing and keep growing. You recognize the tension that you're in, but you recognize that out of that tension will come what? Just like weightlifting, bigger what? Muscles. You'll be stronger, What moved you a year ago in fear of money won't move you this year. Right? That person that irritates you a year ago, you just walk by them and go, well, bless their darling heart and stupid head. Yeah, they won't bug you anymore. Amen? How many have recognized this in your life? You should, it should be recognizable, right? All right. Um, this is why I get stuck on two verses. Okay, so, but that was a good point nonetheless. All right, just as it is, I love what Paul says here, verse 7, just as it is right for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers with me of grace, for God is my witness how greatly I long for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. These are all things that we're putting on as a result of grace in this life. Being filled, filled, filled with the fruits of righteousness, right? Which are by Jesus Christ. Notice that the fruits of righteousness are by Jesus Christ. So again, you can take that verse and tie it right back to the other one. He who began a good work in you will what? Complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So you can see that same principle right there. The fruits of righteousness that you're performing are empowered, that I'm performing are empowered by resurrection. They're not empowered. I'm not just doing them just to do them. I'm putting them on because I am them. Right? You're putting them on because you are them. You're not trying to get the fruit of the Spirit. You've been born again the fruit of the Spirit. And you're putting it on as a witness to the world around you of the resurrection within you. Amen? So that you're what? Filled is what the scripture says, with the fruits of righteousness. Not earning righteousness, the fruits from righteousness. Okay? So the the resurrection 
manifesting the fruit of the resurrection is life and life more abundantly. It's all the characteristics of who God is being in your life in fullness. You should be like a tree, heavy with fruit. Amen? That's what we are. We have that capability and we're walking in that. To the glory and praise of God, not to the glory and praise of ourselves. Verse 12, but I want you to know, brethren, that the things that have happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. So that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. How many know no matter what you're in, you should be in Christ? And people around you should know that you're in Christ. Why? Because you're filled with the fruits of righteousness. You're filled with the fruits of righteousness. And then he says this. He says it's been evident and to, all, to the whole palace guard. So he's preaching to his captors, those that have cap, uh, 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 brought him into captivity. And he said, and the rest, and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. And, and most of the brethren in the Lord have become confident by my chains, um, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. So even your, your obedience produces boldness in others if you'll do it, even in the midst of persecution. If you'll be strong, you'll encourage somebody else to be strong. Amen? All right. Um, verse number 15, some indeed preach from Christ. So this is the other byproduct of what takes place in the middle of you doing the right thing. You're going to have people hate you for doing the right thing. Why? Because they're jealous of Christ in you. They're jealous of what God's doing in your life, and they don't recognize that they have their own life, their own call, their own anointing, their own everything, and they don't have a proper perspective, and so they're preaching in or doing whatever they're doing in competition with you because they're jealous. That's what happened to Paul here. That's kind of insult to injury, isn't it? I mean, he's already in prison. I love the way Paul deals with those. It's just so phenomenal to me, and it can only come out this way because of the resurrection. And this is the ability we have within us as well. Some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife, and some from goodwill. The former preach Christ from selfish ambition. Do you know you can do that? Not sincerely supposing to add affliction to my chains. They're trying to add affliction, which didn't work. Do you know why it didn't work? Because Paul walked in love. That's why. Do you know love is unoffendable? Love takes no account of a wrong suffered, right? It doesn't add up. It doesn't sit there and go, well, they did this, and then they did this, and then they didn't do this. And I think they should have done this for me, but they didn't do it for me. But clearly, I deserved it. That is just all your flesh, and you need to grab thy flesh by the nap of the neck, take yourself to the mirror, and go, knock it off, or I'm going to run you till you throw up. Look at people, some people are like, what? You, you do that? Yes, I do. It's actually one of the main reasons I work out, because it keeps my flesh under. If you want to know how strong your flesh is and how much it controls you, deny it sugar for a week or whatever you like. I don't care what it is. Pasta. I don't, whatever. French toast. For Mike Hill, it's strawberry milkshakes. All right, so... You guys can all buy him strawberry milkshakes. Okay. <clears throat> but so out of selfish ambition, there's all this flesh in the midst of competing in ministry because competition in ministry happens. Verse 17. But the latter out of love, knowing that I am appointed to the defense of the gospel. When you love your brother and sister in Christ, you'll understand their appointment. 
and you won't compete with it. You'll compete together for the purpose of the gospel. You'll find your place, you'll settle in, and you won't try and be something that you're not. And if you are to be promoted to something, God will do it. And prom- you, you guys realize this, the scripture says this, and I know this isn't for everybody, maybe somebody's watching online. But you need to realize this, promotion does not come from the north and the south and the east and the west. Promotion does not come from, the man, from man. Promotion comes from who? The Lord is what the scripture says. Which means, listen to me now, if I promote me, then I can be taken out. But if God promotes me, can't touch us. Come on, remember MC Hammer? Can't touch us. Am I the only one? I guess I'm a little older than some. But I'm definitely not older than others. <laughs> I just saw a commercial the other day with MC Hammer, can't touch this. Just recently, I'm like, yes, you've got to pray just to make it today. (laughs) That was MC Hammer too, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. Anyway, (laughs) you guys can look it up on iTunes. All right. (laughs) They understand they're preaching out of love. Why? Because they understand. Then I'm appointed to the defense of the gospel. Verse 18, what then? This is what I love. This is where we're, where we're at right here. Paul says, what then? What is the solution? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or hypocrisy or in truth, Christ is preached. And in this I rejoice and, yes, will rejoice. If you want to keep yourself strong and with a right attitude, rejoice. Whether the person you hear is preaching out of a right heart or a wrong heart, that Jesus is being preached and people are being saved. If you want to protect and insulate your heart, your anointing, and secure a place in the kingdom that the Lord has for you in his appointment, if you want to make sure it's strong and it can't be tainted, then you practice this verse right here. Yeah, whether I don't care if I'm in prison. I don't care if they're tearing me apart. I don't care if they don't like my doctrine or if they stole my revelation or whatever they did. I believe that God is being advanced. The kingdom is being advanced and I'll rejoice in that. And that will do what? Keep bitterness out of rooting itself in who? Us, right? In me, right? I don't need to compete with somebody else. Why? For what? Why? My father, first of all, my relationship and my worth isn't based on my pulpit. It's based on my relationship with him. And guess what? The Lord did this to me for years, actually. I learned how to hear him alone. So that, and you have to do this, especially if you're called to any level of ministry, you have to be secure there first because people will attempt to bring you insecurity. And you have your flesh to deal with anyway. They will. They'll do it. Why? Because they don't know who they are. Well, it doesn't make it right. No, it doesn't make it right, but we're not the police. So we can leave that alone and just keep moving forward in the Lord. Amen? And what you'll find is, and this is what I found more and more, and I'm growing in it more and more. You want to know why? Because he who began a good work in me will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. 
That's why. I'm going to overcome just like you are because of the grace of God that is within us. Amen? That's how we're going to overcome. So anyway, but I realize this. The closer I get to the Lord, the more I, don't, the, the more I look at situations and look how to help and how to fix and how to develop and how to grow than I do look at it from a carnal standpoint or an insecure standpoint. The more I look at circumstances and go, well, maybe they did it in pretense, maybe they didn't. I don't know, but Jesus was preached. Amen? That just helps us keep that perspective. All right, verse 19. Watch this. The ever-positive Paul. <laughs> I, sometimes I get uh, graded on the inside a little bit hearing all the psychology preaching. You know, you just got to be positive. Just, you know, be positive. It's just about being positive. No, it's not. It's about being positive about who's in you. Because <laughs> it isn't just being positive, because I've met some positive people that didn't make it. <laughs> okay? Why? Wrong connection. The, we don't serve the all-powerful positive. We're not born again of the all-powerful positive. We're born again of Jehovah. Now watch. Paul is not saying, I just try and keep a positive frame of mind in the world. He's speaking faith from a relationship and an understanding of his covenant that I am a son of God, Jehovah God. Now you can be positive about that. But he's not just speaking from this psychological, oh, we're all just all children of God. Jesus did not say that. Jesus looked squarely at people and he said, you're of your father, the devil. Now that's not very positive, Jesus. <laughs> you're, just, you're just a negative negative. Getting the whip out, cleaning the temple. Think you're holier than everybody else. Truth is, he was holier than everybody else. <laughs> but how many know whipping that temple apart and, and flipping those tables was, was exactly the positive message they needed that day? Right? So he says this, verse 19, For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the what? supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Not just positive thinking. Where is Paul getting this victory standpoint from? He's saying, look, you guys are going to pray. I'm going to pray. This is going to create an avenue. And what are we going to tap into? A supply of the Spirit of who? Jesus Christ. Now, what do you know about the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, guys? That supply conquered all of hell. So what is Paul tapping into? What is he getting his church in, in, the, in uh, the, the Philippian church to tap into? He's getting them to tap into what? Grace by faith. We're creating a supply. Now, watch. Now, i got to say that different. 
we are tapping into a supply that's already been created. When you pray, listen to me, look at me. When you pray, you tap resurrection supply. You do. All right, say it with me. When I pray, I tap by faith resurrection supply. Now say this with me. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, my prayers are always effective. Always. When I pray, come on, think about this. First John, I love this verse. We know when we pray, he hears us. Come on, think about this. When you pray, God goes, huh? That's why we at this church do not throw up prayers. Somebody say, it's bad, how bad? We got to pray, we don't know what else to do. People say, has it come to that? (laughs) Man, I don't pray when it's, I pray when there's trouble, but I pray long before that. Amen, how about you? I hear from the Holy Spirit, and so do you. Why? You have a covenant. Well, Sean, do you have to say it like that? I do, because some of you have thoughts going through your head. I don't know if that works for me, and I just quoted scripture to you. And you're not fighting the preacher. You're fighting the word. Now watch. God's not mad about that. I just need to change your thinking. Why? Because you're righteous. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Well, I don't feel righteous. Well, come up here and I'll slap you and we'll ask you what you feel. Stop going by your feeling. Don't come up here. I'm not going to slap you. Listen. Just stop going by what you feel and go by what the word says about you. Amen? Because you, you are a believer. Listen to me, look at me. If you're watching online, maybe this is for somebody online, it's for me, I'm enjoying it. But listen, if you're watching online, listen, you believed for the greatest miracle already, you're born again. You receive that everything else is sub. I'm a believer and I can believe. That's what Joy was saying during worship. You just need to sing when the cloud's there. Well, I just don't feel like it. And Lord, I just, uh, I wish you'd come change my feelings and then I'll praise you. Why not praise him when your feelings are contrary and put a faith smile on God's faith, face? Put a faith smile on his face, right? Because faith does what? It pleases God. Come on, when you feel real cruddy, you're flesh, you're just like, oh, and you just don't, you feel like, you know, you just watched Fox News for 30 minutes, and you're just, oh, you can't, this is like watching CNN anyway. No, you watch, you know, you watch CNN, the communist news network, and it, it really got you down, because you can feel the spirit of antichrist and communism looming. In the middle of that, you need to go, glory to God, Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. And then, you know what most people do? They go, well, my, my feeling didn't change. No, don't, don't do that. Just keep going. Hallelujah. As soon as your feet hit the ground in the morning, if you really want to wake up your spouse, just go, hey, glory to God. 
We're up! Run, devil, now! <laughs> now, people say, you know what people, most people think? This is like that, uh, that years ago, Brother Hagin shared this with us. <laughs> but see, you can be confident. Why? Because you know that this is going to turn out for your deliverance through our prayer and faith together and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Amen? Years ago, the man, uh, Brother Hagin, walked up to another preacher and he said, well, how are you doing? He said, well, I got the devil on the run. And brother said, praise the Lord. He said, well, the problem is the devil's running and I'm, he's chasing me. <laughs> How many know the scripture doesn't say submit therefore to God and run away from the devil? <laughs> That's not what it says, does it? What does it say? Submit therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That's what the scripture says. So, if you're a good, faith-obedient child of God, you will do what? You will submit, therefore, to God, and you will resist the devil. Now listen to me. Until he flees. Amen? Until he flees. Listen. If he hasn't fleed yet... You're not done resisting. Amen? Okay. All right? So we got to keep that in mind. Why? Because we live in a natural world. We're used to this natural world. We're used to the way it functions. We feel it. We see it. We know what's going on around us. And so we have to, we have to change, transform our thinking from death thinking to faith and life thinking. Amen? Why? Because you already have the nature in you. If the Lord tells you to submit to him and resist the devil, that means you have the ability from him to do it. Amen? Not what the wild-haired preacher said, right? It's what the scripture says. You have his nature to resist the devil. People say, but it's very hard. You don't know how hard it is. You're wrong. I know exactly how hard it is. I mean, what I mean by that is, I know exactly the faith fight that you're in for when you go to conquer in an area where the devil has ruled you for years. You're in for it. Amen? Right? You're in for it. But he who began a good work in you. Do you think God's going to go, go fight him? Boom, kick you out there and then not stand in the ring with you. People have these twisted views about God. You know, they, they, they think he's Jehovah sadistic. They think he's Jehovah schizophrenic. They do. They, they think those are actual legitimate Jehovah names. Well, God won't tempt you beyond what you're able. That's not what the verse says. <laughs> Think about it this way. There's nothing that's coming to you that is beyond God's ability in you. Don't, you know, religious people quote these things. They twist them into knots, you know. They talk about God like he's some sort of uh, in heaven just going, oh, I don't know what I feel like today. <laughs> I'm feeling a little evil, but I don't want to kill everybody. They think that's how God is. That is not how God is. The devil is bad. God is 
basic theology. If you, when you're, as you're walking through the different situations you face in life, as you're walking through the different challenges, remember, and you can walk around saying it all day, wrong, devil, you're bad, God's good. God didn't do this to me. I see you, devil, there you are. Look, there you are, there you are over there. I see you. It's a good thing I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. No, I won't accept that skewed view of God. That's not who he is. That doesn't match up with what Jesus showed me. Right? And you can do this all day, every day. All day, every day. All day, every day. Guys, when we just beat whatever we beat, I don't know what it was, but the flu or whatever, in the middle of the night, the Holy Spirit started speaking to me while I was sleeping. Started telling me what to do with my body. Guys, I was asleep. My body was asleep. Why? Because the Lord knew, and I had talked to him about it. I said, Lord, what do, you, what do you want me to do? You want me to go to the doctor? You want me to go, what do you want me to do? Tell me what to do. I'll do it. People say, well, God wouldn't tell you to go to the doctor. You're wrong. He would. Absolutely he would. Come on, how many realize that? You know, I've had people tell me, you know, uh, well, I'm not going to accept this or I'm not going to do what the doctor told me to do because I just don't want to. Did you pray about it? You had better pray about it. And people say, well, why do you say it like that? Because not everybody's faith is at the same place. You know, when we were, uh, when Heidi and I were having our kids in that period of time, really she was. <laughs> I was just along for the ride, you know what I mean? I was like, you know, breathe, you're doing good, you know. People were like, we had people, because we didn't use like a midwife, it's like, <gasps> what are you going to I'm like, guys, you do what you want. I'm doing what God told me to do. Don't make everything some natural thing. So you want to know what the Lord told me to do in the middle of the night? He started talking to me about how Paul told Timothy to drink wine for his stomach. How many know that's in the Bible? Now, the Lord was not telling me to buy a bottle of wine. Okay, that's not what he was saying. What he was telling me was, you can use natural medicine for your situation. And it, he showed me what to use. And I did. As long as I needed to. And guess what? I'm here. <laughs> yeah. In other words, I know doctors that have saved my family members and they probably wouldn't have been here if they hadn't worked with the doctor. Do you know, uh, this, is, this is wild, but um, Heidi's grampy, Grammy's husband, is in heaven now. He passed, he moved to heaven when? 2012. And he was 80 what? Almost 89. And he was supposed to die when? He was supposed to die at 17. <laughs> God knows how to work. And he used medicine. Grampy did. He went to the doctor. We were in the hospital with him a few times. Do you know I also went to Rama? You know, Brother Hagen hardly ever went to the doctor. I'm not aware. I mean, literally at times, he would ha be having a heart attack, and he'd believe God and get healed. 
I mean, this was early on. He didn't even go. You know, he took his wife to the doctor and got her flu shots. Don't get away from being led by the Holy Spirit in everything. You say, what does this have to do with anything? With what you're talking about that verse. Exactly through prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Look at me. I will never condemn anyone for going to the doctor. And guess what? I may not go with you. I can visit you. I've been to the hospital tons of times for lots of other people. I walked into the hospital one time and prayed for a little old lady. Didn't even know who she was. We just got a prayer request. And I, and I, on the way to the hospital, I was praying, thank you, Lord, my hands are anointed because of your power, your ability. I thank you when I go in there and lay hands on her, she'll be, the power of God will shoot through her. I walk into Billings Clinic, I get into the emergency area, they let me, they have to let me in because I'm a, I'm a minister, ordained minister. It's law, okay? And uh, I walked in and I said, I don't even, she didn't even speak English, I don't think. She was a little Mexican lady, <laughs> little grandma. And uh, I walked in and she looked at me and you know, I, I said, I'm a minister, I'm here to pray for her. She's like, yes, you know. I laid hands on her. Every bell and whistle and alarm went off in that emergency uh, room that you could think of. I, when I was praying for her, I'm like, uh-oh, we are in trouble. Uh, they are coming for me, and I'm going to be ripped out of here. And the nurse comes, you know, they pull the curtain back, you know, and she comes running in there. And so I just kind of backed up, you know. I'm like, all right, let's see what happens here. And she goes... She goes, what are you doing? I said, well, I was asked to come pray for her. She goes, wow. She goes, she, her, all her vitals and everything just went great. <laughs> Do you know how much anointing I felt? That lady had faith. And I just got to be a part. So I'm going to end on this. And we got two verses in. We did it. <laughs> oh, praise God. I want to end on this. Listen to me carefully. Your answer is through prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Now watch. Don't try and, you know, I mean, I know you guys take a lot of notes and different things. Some of you do. Don't try and go through all the notes a portion that Holy Spirit emphasizes to you and meditate that till Sunday. Meditate. Think about it. Re rehearse it during your day. Under your breath, talk about it with the Lord. Lord, what did you mean by this? What was Sean saying? What do I need to do? Holy Spirit, where are you speaking to me? Here, show me. Show me. How do I do this? Do I do it this way or do it this way? You know, like for us, I... I did not relish the thought of having our children in a bathtub. <laughs> My leading was to the hospital. People say, there's a lot of germs there. Oh, come on. They're everywhere. So I can't use my faith there. <laughs> okay? We, we can go too far if we get outside here. Did Jesus have a doctor on his crew? Did Paul travel with a doctor? He did, Dr. Luke. Come on, guys. Amen? Let's live balanced, shall we? Well, you just don't believe in miracles if you go to a doctor. That's dumb. That's really dumb. 
I know people that should have gone to the doctor and they, they're dead because of it. Pre- I'm talking about preachers because they were going to believe God. Listen to me, look at me, and I'm going to say this last thing. You cannot believe God without hearing him. Listen to me, listen to me. Moses did not go to the Red Sea, turn around, look at the Israelites and goes, hey, you guys got faith, we got faith, let's split this thing. This is where faith gets off. Listen to me. You cannot have faith without hearing from the Holy Spirit. You have to hear from Him. Faith is not just denial. Faith is hearing, submitting, and resisting. And you have to hear through the whole path. Amen? Hear through the whole thing. All the way to the end. Do you know what this does? That's so, this is what's so wonderful about this. You're constantly in fellowship with your father. Amen? How many know, how many of you have needed an answer on something? You ask the Lord and he speaks to you and you just go, Oh, I know what to do. In other words, what? I'm confident that this is going to turn out for my deliverance. Why? Paul heard from heaven. He didn't just jump up and go, Remember, Father, that time thou shakest the jail cell and removed all our chains and you let us loose. He did not demand of God the way of deliverance. He what? Heard. Amen? Well, the way I heard it just doesn't sound very spectacular. It will be when you're done. Amen? Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you are faithful and you teach us. Lord, we will be doers of your word and not hearers only. Lord, we commit to you to pray And to receive the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ for our situations. We thank you for your goodness in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we'll see you Sunday. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.